Welcome to The Exchange, a podcast from Grace Church, an independent Bible teaching church in Wichita Falls, Texas. In this podcast, we examine the world through a grace perspective and connect biblical truth in everyday life. Hello and welcome to episode three of The Exchange podcast. My name is Nolan Smith. I am the high school and college pastor here at Grace Church. Today, I'm joined by our worship pastor, Blake Boyd, and our pastor of communications, Jeff Metter. So welcome, Blake and Jeff. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hey, Nolan. So today, we're going to talk about, we're continuing to talk about the COVID crisis, which seems to really dominate our lives right now. Uh, but it's also a really special week for for Grace Church and for the church as a whole because it is Easter week. And so this is sort of a special edition of the exchange. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have you guys in here specifically for, for this week was that Easter is an especially, it's obviously a big week for everybody, but Blake, you're obviously really, this is actually the week that everybody jokes, this is your one week of the year yeah, when you're really working. Yeah, this is my one working. week to work. <laughs> this and Christmas. Of, oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Christmas and Easter. Uh, but you really are, this is like a huge week for you yeah. in terms of what what you do during the year, planning up to this, and then this week. Same with Jeff, too. I know there's a lot that goes into this right. on your end as well. So uh, before we do get into all the Easter stuff, I do want to kind of talk about what we've all been dealing with uh, collectively and what, what our listeners and, and all the people in our church are dealing with, which is being stuck at home, being stuck in isolation, most of us. So I, I, I want to hear from you guys, as I've, I've asked the other pastors that have been on here, how has social distancing and isolating affected your lives and your ministries in general? So I'll start with Jeff. Okay, so our family sort of lives out near the edge of town, and it's on a typical uh, time of the year even. We go out for a walk down the street, and it's usually just us that are out there. Um, or we go out in the yard to do something and, and we don't see many people. So in some ways, life hasn't changed. But of course, we go to the grocery store and we see the empty shelves. Uh, we look at our work schedule. We look at our son's school schedule. And obviously, things are very different. Um, and I think we're all in that to different degrees. Uh, and it takes tolls in different degrees. We've had some hard nights and some hard conversations that have gone along with this. Um, you know, just this week, it was our son's birthday. I was just going to mention that. Yep. So happy birthday to Luke. Yep. Luke turned 13 this week. It's a big one. Um, and the reality of the the plans that we had made and the desires that he had not coming to fruition because of the circumstances that we're in uh, really drove things home for us. Mm-hmm. And so that was a challenge. Um, we've seen lots of friends who've done the, you know, the birthday parade that has brought a lot of light and joy right. into their kids' hearts. And when you're 13, that doesn't quite do the mm-hmm. same thing that it does for a you know, six, seven, or eight-year-old. So um, that was hard for us. And, um, you know, ministry-wise here at church, um, things have sort of flipped over on their head. Um, a, a typical week that I used to do, I'm doing almost none of that now. And things that I used to do just a little bit of uh, have really dominated the week. So everything's really upside down in that way as well. Yeah, you. I was going to say, you know, when people think about church now, we, we said this phrase in one of our meetings a while back, but that, that the internet and our, our online platforms 
right now it's Vimeo and, and sort of Facebook and some of these other things that we, we're doing. But this virtual space has become our, our new building. And before, you know, you, you, you still very much um, worked over that, that virtual space, but it was a part of what we did. Right. It was, right. It was a it was a smaller portion of our overall operations. And now it's now it's what we've got. It's all of it. Yeah. And so you've you've always been uh, been somebody who so much of our our ministry flows through. But now it's just you are over 100 percent of what we're doing right now in terms of where we're operating. Right. So it's a very different way of investing um, our time and our resources during the week, for sure. Definitely. Blake, what about you? What's, what's been, uh, what's been the, the, the adjustment for you and how's ministry worked? Yeah. So, you know, first off with our family, um, I remember when this initially happened, it was, you know, we were already in spring break. And so it's pretty much just like spring break, break has just bled over into summer. And so that's, that's really weird. Um, you know, we have three kids and, and our boys are, they're not in school yet, so they really don't get it. You know, they're just, they think this is just, they're at home all the time and, right. and it's great. You know, for Emerson, um, our daughter, she's six and, and kinda, also just had a birthday. Right, right. Yeah. So she just had a birthday. It was one so, of those birthday parades that Jeff yes. was talking about. So the thing with her is her birthday is on April Fool's Day. So she had a birthday on April Fool's, and it was one of those, you know, where people were driving by, and, and but it was really special, you know, it was it was pretty emotional, you know, um, because it was she was yelling at everybody and wanting them to come inside, but just that reminder of oh, we can't do that right now. So just little things like that have been really weird, um, you know. Caroline, my wife, has been doing a lot of homeschooling, you know, just with the assignments that the teachers are giving and Emerson is at that point, she gets it and she's genuinely like, she can't wait till this is over. She's like, Oh, I miss all my friends and I miss just being out. And and so for her, her little extroverted heart is ready to get out of, you know, right. our house. Um, so we've been going on a lot of walks and, um, you know, our neighborhood <clears throat> has a lot of younger families. And so the, the neighborhood at this time is pretty loud. So it's, it's in a way it's kind of encouraging, you know, that people are spending a lot of time in their backyards and, you know, you, you get to see your neighbors, even though you can't get close to them, you, you get to see them and you get to interact with them a little bit. Um, so it's, it's, it's really weird, but there have been some good things with it. Um, ministry wise, kind of like what Jeff was saying, like everything that I normally would be doing right now, is just not happening. Um, you know, we usually have a, a Wednesday night rehearsal with our worship team. Um, that's not happening. Um, the involvement that I have in our in our youth ministry with the youth, uh, the student worship team, that's kind of been put on hold. And, yeah, and sure. even with college ministry, just with some people that I help oversee during that, um, it's just, um, it's all put on hold, mm -hmm. you know? And so... Uh, for me, I'm I'm just spending a lot of time just making sure that our team still has that interaction that we normally would on a rehearsal, um, and so we've been doing a lot of things like Zoom meetings during the week and yeah. just things like that to to keep in touch. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to maintain. I mean, it, I think the relationships we're talking about aren't hard to maintain in the sense that those are people we're we're close with, and and you know, it's easier for us to keep in touch with them 
in a situation like this. But it still is hard to maintain some of that community and that team unity that we're talking about with like right. the worship team and some of these other teams. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, you know, Jeff, that coming back to you, I mentioned this a second ago, and and I think about a phrase. I think Lance, Tom, and Lance have both kind of talked about how integral your your ministry is to our church and how much it flows through what you do. And I think Lance was the one that said that your ministry is is the heartbeat of Grace Church. Just mm-hmm. that the, as a communications director, everything that we do filters through your oversight, basically. So we talk about this unity and and that we're a church body, we're a church, we're a family, and we're trying to maintain that sense of community. We're trying to maintain that sense of closeness. For you, on your end of it, what what challenges have you faced in trying to sort of maintain that heartbeat? Yeah. So first of all, I want to give some um, praise and some thankfulness for some of the challenges that we haven't faced, at least uh, in this immediate time. Um, over the past couple of years, the Lord has led us through a process for multiple reasons at different times of building up some of our equipment and some of our technologies. Uh, specifically, we have found the need to uh, be able to broadcast what's happening in the chapel to the gymnatorium in case of overflow seating situations. Uh, we've been faced with some um, sight lines that have been difficult to navigate in the chapel. And so even earlier this year, we were doing some live video work in the chapel um, to the point that when this COVID-19 situation became a reality, we were not left in a position of scrambling to try to do something like so many of our brothers and sisters have been. Um, but instead, we were able to click a button at least in terms of getting online streaming in sort of this lifeboat that would carry us through the next however long. Um, so really thankful for the process of that. Wasn't it just like a matter of two weeks maybe that we'd, we'd implemented some of that right. streaming capabilities? Right. So we had, we had changed some of our equipment in the chapel uh, around February at some point mm-hmm. uh, to have some live video available in there to help people yeah. see. Um, and from that point, it's a small step to, to yeah. streaming online. Which has now given us the freedom to, as we've explored streaming a service online, which we never did before, right. it's given us the freedom to now kind of uh, grapple with the, the necessity or the, the benefits of doing that, even when this is over, right? right? So we, now we have the opportunity to do that potentially right. beyond. So. so I would say one of our biggest challenges has been changing the... Uh, the volume of information that we're putting out and the content of some of those communications. Because the way that we have always sought to embody grace, the idea of grace in our communication, is by being very respectful of your time and of the uh, other responsibilities that you have and the other things you have going on in life. Um, Just as we don't say, you'll want to be here or you don't want to miss this, well, maybe you do want to miss this. That's between you and the Lord. We also are a respecter of uh, your email inbox. We know you get a ton of email. Your social media feeds, we know you're on there. If you've chosen to be on there for other reasons, uh, or maybe you haven't chosen to be on there at all, and we don't want to drive you there. It is Lent season. It so, is Lent season. So, yeah, there may be some people. So not people on there. who have given up coming to our church campus for Lent, we are, this would be a, this yeah. would be a hard season of Lent to to take That's off from right. social media when you're stuck right. at home. Uh, so in 
contrast to that, uh, we are now obviously having to do much more because it's the only lifeline that we've got uh, to stay in touch with so many people from our church family. And so making that shift to invest our time and our energy differently um, in a way that still honors our commitment to uh, minister graciously to the people in our church family and our community uh, has been one of the biggest philosophical challenges for us in this time. Right. So I think one of the things I really like about what we're doing here with this podcast, and we've now we've had several other pastors on here and, and then bringing you guys, we'll hear more from Blake in a minute, but I, one of the things I really wanted for today with you specifically on here and, and saying that you're the the person who everything filters through you in terms of how we disseminate information. And you get up there on Sunday mornings sometimes and do announcements. But for a, a pastor who isn't on the preaching rotation, it's I, I, I think about how, how often do church members get to hear from their pastor of communications, you know? And so it's a good opportunity to hear people or for people to hear you say those things about what we want for them, for you. I mean, and I'll, I'll go ahead and take it, this opportunity to kind of give you some props because in our meetings that we have, you know, this morning Blake led our worship planning meeting that we have every week, and uh, and Blake takes us through the the planning for the upcoming services for the next few weeks, and and we have staff meetings on Mondays and and all the times that we gather together. I feel like you're always the voice that sort of um, I've used I use the term filter that everything filters through. You're you're the filter that sort of all the ideas get thrown out, and then Jeff sort of has to has to do the the processing for us of like, well, let's see, can this work? Can this, you know? Here's here's something we may have to we we may be faced with. Here's the challenges, or here's the uh, the advantages of that, or whatever. So you're you are in some ways our um, conscience isn't the right word because it's not really a moral uh, issue, but you're the you're the the mechanism that sort of deciphers what's beneficial and what's not and what's a good idea and what's not. And so, um, so for our people to get to hear from you a little bit in, in this context, but also to be able to hear you say those things about what we want and how we communicate with them that we, we want, we've always talked about as a staff. And I don't think our people hear this from us enough, but what you said about, we don't want to say things to you like you don't want to miss this and and make it sound like I mean we do have a lot of things going on in under normal circumstances obviously we have a lot of things available to them we have a lot of bible studies we have a lot of uh, small group type things we have a lot of events one off events or monthly events and different things going on and you're trying to communicate that to everybody that's your that's that's part of your job is to communicate that but you and and the rest of our staff have always wanted to do that in a way that does not make people feel like you've got to do all of it. Right. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, usually we have in a typical semester that runs a few months, 50, 60, 70 different things that are going on. Uh, some that run multiple weeks, some, like you said, they're just little one-time events. And we want to make sure you know about the ones that are relevant to you. Um, try not to bother you with the ones that aren't relevant to you. Uh, and then once you know, step back and let you make that decision between you and the Lord. Uh, if He's leading that to be part of your discipleship walk with Him, uh, we want you to do that. And we want you to have the freedom to say, no, that's not really something I need to do right now, yeah. and leave that room for you. Yeah, totally. And I think I think it's easy to to fall into the trap as somebody 
in the communications department of a church to we've got to make sure all of this is constantly in front of their faces. I mean, you're in some sense you're like the marketing department yeah. for the church, and you know, in a in a business, the more people you can get at an, at a, an event or whatever you're marketing, the better, right? The the you're working towards that bottom line. Church is different, and 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 especially how how we want to operate as a church. We don't we don't want the maximum number of people at every event. We want the people who need to be there to be there, right? And and we don't want to overload people and overwhelm them. So I just I'm glad people get the chance to hear your heart in that and hear our the heart of our leadership and how we approach those things from a communication standpoint. So thanks for sharing that, Jeff. Um, is there anything else as far as moving church online that's been either challenging or beneficial for you that you've maybe maybe advantages you've seen in this yeah so we've heard we heard early on uh, from one of our families in our church it was actually before this process started it was in early march and we were just running some early tests again with the equipment that we already had and passed out the link to watch that privately to a, a family in our church who hasn't been able to join us for a while due to some issues going on in their home. And we heard f- back from them very quickly that the critical difference that made what we were doing, even that very first test run, beneficial for them was that they've listened to other churches online, they've watched other churches on TV, uh, but it's not their church. It's not their church family. The people who they saw, they don't know. They don't have a connection with. They haven't built a life with. And we knew right away that that was going to be important for us to pursue that. And we have learned, I think all of us, that um, technology is strangely both more important than we thought it was and less important than we thought it was. Um, If you have been someone who's always turned a blind eye to technology or wondered why we would invest the kind of time and resources and technology that we have, um, here's part of your answer. Um, For a while, it's all we've got. It's been a a, um, relationship-saving tool for so many people within their own homes, in their own families, in their jobs, and of course, with our church family. Um, So it's more important than maybe we thought it was. But at the same time, um, for people who maybe have invested much of their time and energy on social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, that's sort of where they lived their life and where they hung out, we're finding out it's not as important as we thought it was. The human connection that we're missing uh, by investing only in these technological platforms uh, cannot be replaced, cannot be duplicated, and it's what, it's what we long for right now. And so in some ways, it's less important than we thought it was. And so I think it's actually given us an opportunity to uh, hit the reset button and to step back and to be objective in ways that will have some, I think, surprising effects when we come out of this. That's great. I, I agree so much, um, particularly with the 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 part about you know our so our social media and our technology being it's good it is and I think for some of us right now it's the only way to feel connected to to people and yet we're we're recognizing how f- short it falls from 
actually connecting us in ways that we really need. So that's good stuff. Uh, Blake, I want to talk to you a little bit about Easter. Yeah. So um, as we as we move into this week, and now we're we're halfway through as we record this, it's Wednesday, and and uh, as somebody who has so much invested in this week. What, what, first of all, what is a typical week? I'm, I'm sorry, a typical season of leading up to Easter look like for you? Maybe outside of the craziness of this particular year, what does it yeah. typically look like for you leading up to Easter? Well, um, typically, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of like what you were talking about earlier, those planning meetings that we have, uh, we, we plan four weeks out, and that's a collaborative effort. You know, it's with y'all in this room, but a few more pastors, um, where we look ahead and we kind of get all hands on deck on whoever's teaching four weeks out, and they have an opportunity to bring up, uh, you know, what they're teaching and thoughts that they have. And so, uh, when you go to a week like Easter, um, you know, where we would have been four weeks out, we're probably further than that. You know, so. Um, Lance had gone through what his, you know, what he wanted to teach on for Easter. Oh man, like maybe two months ago or even more, even more. But like when we all started really, you know, um, talking about that as a group, you know, it was much more than four weeks out. Um, and so for me, like, those are questions I'm asking, like, you know, obviously the theme with Easter is the resurrection. So that's, that's easy. Right. Um, but in what ways can we help people engage with that, you know? And, and so, um, that process begins early. Um, that way I can begin, you know, putting the puzzle pieces together. And so, um, I take a lot of notes during those meetings and then I go to my office and I just start processing them and I start chewing on them and, and, um, and on a typical year that would also involve a lot more outside people, people in our church, right? When I say outside, outside the staff, that you'd you'd have a whole lot more moving parts. Uh, oh, absolutely, in a yeah. Too. Because um, so the the just the the themes and and like the, the actual logistics of the service that's kind of one area of it. But then you go to yeah, right, the planning your people. Um, and so usually what I do when I'm planning our worship team is um, so like for example, you know, obviously it didn't happen this time because of the current situation, but what a typical month would look like is probably halfway through March, what I will do is send an email to um, our worship team and just ask them what their availability looks like for the month of April. Um, and so they send me their their dates when they're available. And so I spend about a week, you know, I put it in a spreadsheet. And then again, it's just like another puzzle that you put together. And so I try to plan the entire month. Again, with Easter, I try to do that a little bit ahead of time. People usually know their schedules a little bit more. They have, you know, some people want to, you know, even though they'll be in town, they want to be with their families and some people will be out of town. And so you just want to try to get ahead of that um, when it comes to something like Easter. And then the fun part is just, again, it's just like, I love planning. I love routines and I love all that stuff. And so being able to put all those pieces together and, you know, dig through Spotify for some good music, you know, uh, music that's both new, but also familiar and, and just prepare our people in that way, um, is a lot of fun. And, and then also planning your people, like, you know, giving certain vocalists, certain songs that they can be learning and things like that. Um, and then for a good Friday service, you know, I, 
last year was my first year on staff that I was a part of one. I don't know if we did it before then, but, um, you know, that was t- last year was more of like an acoustic type of thing, you know, and a lot more reflective. Um, and obviously this year it's, it's going to look a lot different, but you know, um, a lot of my planning revolves around people, you know, and having people involved and, and things like that, which is not the case this year. Yeah. And I think that goes to show too, that for any person just sitting in a Sunday morning worship service, there's, there's probably a whole lot more that goes on leading up to it. And right. even, even during the actual service itself, than people typically realize, and then it involves a lot more people from, from the worship team to the people running sound booth. And I think about too, you know, I've, I was serving communion recently with with some of the volunteers that that, that um, offer up doing that part of the service as well, which which you're in charge of that mm-hmm. as, as well. Um, and I, I was doing that and looking around at not only the the people that were walking the aisles and serving it, but I know there's a there's some couples that you coordinate with to prepare that stuff. Oh yeah, I mean it. it there's a lot of people and, involved, and those those behind the scenes people. Most of them are behind the scenes because they don't like to operate in the spotlight right. and things like right. that. They like to they like to be you know doing the things that people aren't necessarily seeing, but that's such vital stuff. And and when you walk through our kitchen on a sun, on a communion Sunday and mm-hmm. you see all of the things that are laid out and the the amount of work that goes into yeah, I mean they get here on a Saturday and they prepare it. They take it down to the chapel. Mm-hmm. They get everything ready for. Uh, the service in our in the gymnatorium and, and so I mean yeah there's a lot that goes into it so um, much a, a big team which and they're all great involves you know? great yeah. people and we're thankful for all those people here yep. at, at Grace Church who do that and there are, there are there are so many and I you know that doesn't even touch on the people who get up here even earlier on a Sunday morning every week to serve coffee right and, and make coffee right. and so there's just a whole lot of people involved in making church happen. And I think we, I think about them more right now when we don't have oh yeah absolutely services. yeah and gosh there's normally such a huge group of people not only per, like participating in the service but preparing it and yeah and those I've are the I've that missed you're with. so much being greeted you know yeah like just even though I'm I'm usually here really early but just going from the chapel down to the other side mm-hmm. of the the building just the little conversations and right. Even as an introvert, I mean, I'm I'm like ready <laughs> even for you. Yes, even that's me. how bad it's gotten. Yeah, I'm ready like for things to be back the way they right. were. You know, totally. So, you know, talking again about Easter week specifically, what for you as the worship pastor? Again, this is like, you know, this is a the biggest week in yeah. terms of what you're planning to celebrate something in this service and and trying to lead the church into that celebration. And so what do you look forward to most every year about Easter? What's what's maybe your favorite aspect of it? Yeah, I mean, again, it kind of, there are a few different things. Um, I think, man, just being able to respond corporately with people is by by far the most, the, the best thing about that. The best thing that, you know, because Easter, I feel like I'm constantly like the week before and the few, you know, just running around, making sure everything is logistically the way it should be. Right. Um, but you know, you have that moment of everybody being in the same room under the same roof and everybody's singing about the risen redeemer. And it's just, you know, that feeling of when you're on stage and you can 
like step back from the microphone and people will keep singing and it has no, yeah. And you can hear the voices over the band. It's just like, that is my favorite part of it. You know, just, just the responsiveness. Um, people come hungry, you know, and, um, you know, that, yeah, that's easily the, my favorite part. It also like, I, again, I'm, I'm a planner, so I enjoy planning that knowing that that's what's going to happen. Um, and it makes, it makes planning a, a service like good Friday, all the more fun as well, because it's like, we're preparing this reflective contemplative service. So on Sunday we can sing loudly right, and, yeah. and really respond, you know, so it, it all, it's, it's just, just giant buildup. Um, and it's, yeah, so many good things about it that I really enjoy. Right. Yeah. You know, as we do plan and as you have been planning a service that looks very different from, from what you'd expected. I know in a meeting, I think it was last week, you mentioned the disappointment of there were things that you had. Could you talk about how far in advance you start planning Mm -hmm. Good Friday, Easter, even Palm Sunday? And, you know, so, so. Eight weeks ago, probably you were you were processing through some of this, had some ideas that you were excited about, and then we we end up in this situation of having to stay home and, yeah. and having to o- online only kind of stuff. What has been the biggest challenge in shifting from the the plans that you had made already and were were making to now having to craft uh, a Good Friday and an Easter service? with no people in the building really. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a little bit of like a, uh, punch to the gut. You one know of the I mean? things you're, you know, I just, you mentioned how the response, like one of the things that you're going to yeah. miss yeah. is exactly what you just said. Right. It's the people singing as you step away from the mic. I mean, mm-hmm. you step away from the mic in the service on Friday or Sunday, you're not, nothing, you're, yeah. not you're not hearing that. <laughs> nothing right? happens. Like, don't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, go ahead and uh, yeah. Sorry. I just no, 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 you're good. You that's, that's that. a good, yeah. I mean, you know, again, being that I'm a planner, like when those plans get, get not, I don't want to say thrown out, that seems a bit extreme, but I mean, you know, we're not, like I said earlier, we're not doing the things that we were usually doing. Like I'm, we're not having our rehearsals. And so any plans that we had made, you know, I can't give, you know, luckily I, I hadn't planned like our specific team that week, which probably would have been an even bigger disappointment to have right. to be like, Hey, you know, and obviously they understand, but when you want that so bad, you know, it's, that's, what's hard about it. So yeah, it's just like having to change course so late, you know, is, is tough. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, we'll probably get to this in a minute, but, but there's also some relief in it. Um, but yeah, it's just hard when you have had things planned and in place and then all of a sudden, you, you kind of just have to start from scratch mm-hmm. all over again. And, you know, then you say, then you start second guessing yourself. Well, okay, was this, is this the best way to do it? You know, like we've never done this before. We've never, like an online Easter service, like we've never done that before. How do we do that? How do we, how do we like encourage our people to participate? How do we in, help them engage? Um, just questions that you're dealing with kind of the week of. Mm-hmm that you don't feel completely equipped to answer, right. you know, because you've just never done it. And so I, I think some of that is what is kind of creeping up on me yeah. during a week like this of just like, okay, how, how can I go from 
how can I be okay with this shift? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess some of the, some of maybe the relief that you can, or the comfort you can take in that reality is that there are no real expectations in terms of what online Easter service looks like. Yeah, like, no, there's not a template for it. Right. You know? and, and so, so while that, that does mean, oh gosh, I don't necessarily know what to expect. I think there, there can be some comfort in neither does anybody else. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> right? no bar right now. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Yeah. So we're all, we are all sort of going into this space, this new territory, you know, uncharted waters mm-hmm. together. And so right. at, at least there's, there's that. You know, I, I mentioned this to you before we came on here, but I, I said with Jeff that I'm I'm glad in a in a podcast like this, people get the chance to hear from their communications pastor. I'm glad that they can hear the heart behind how all of this gets communicated to them. Everything we do as a church gets sort of put into place and then communicated. Likewise, we all see you on stage every week leading worship, but to get the chance to hear you talk through the process and hear you say the things like, man, my favorite part of this, especially on Easter, is hearing the church respond and hearing the church worship and me ste- even stepping out of the way, you know, right. and, yeah. and just letting that sort of be um, the only thing, right? Yeah. It's just the yeah. church singing together. It's not It's not even you anymore. It's the, it's everybody worshiping together. And so for people to, to get to hear from you, even just that, and there's so much more, I'm sure, that they could hear from you in terms of how you think about this and what you do. But I think it's so important that people get the chance to hear you say those things and know that when this guy stands up on stage and leads us in worship on a Sunday morning to know how you're actually, how you feel about this on a week-to-week basis and why you do this, to hear the the part of this that really gets you excited as a worship pastor is such a, a good thing. And so I'm thankful they get the chance to hear that. On that note, you are, in some sense, you're you're the only pastor on staff who does your ministry almost exclusively in front of people and every single week, right? Yeah. So even Lance, who is the, you know, the most prevalent preaching uh, pastor, I guess, there's a lot of alliteration there, uh, but, <laughs> but even for him, you know, he's in, on part of a rotation, he's a part of a rotation, you don't rotate as far as leading worship. I mean, that's, you do that week in and week out. What, what is difficult about that? And, and then what do you, what do you appreciate and enjoy about that part of your ministry? Well, I mean, I think, like my my goal is like I want to build a team to where you know we would let and it, not let I mean like I, I want other people to mm-hmm. to serve in that capacity as well and that's one of the things that that's kind of on my on my mind a lot you know like how am I not how am I building into others what's been taught to me mm-hmm. you know I think of even Jeff and and Tom and guys that have kind of taken me under their wing and and kind of taught me what, what this is. And I I want the opportunity to do that with other people too. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my hope is that I would, that, that our worship team would grow and that we would have kind of a team of people who could, who could lead in that capacity, um, obviously takes time. Um, 
so that that's that's my hope because I think that's what we're called to do. You know, going back to Lance's thing of known, prepared, and launched. You know, how are we how are we doing that, and how are we allowing our people to to serve in in that capacity and use their skills and their giftedness to to worship and 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 respond. And so that that's kind of what that's what I th- think through a lot. Um, you know, I, I, being in front of people every, I get nervous every week. Um, I think that's some, a lot of people probably wonder. Yeah. Like I, and I remember asking Tom one time, um, you know, it was, it was a Sunday before he taught and I said, Hey, uh, do you, do you still get nervous? Because for me, I was like, is this normal that I'm still getting nervous every week? And he said, he's like, Blake, the, the day you stop getting nervous, you need to quit, you know? And, and he was like, that sounds like a Tom. Yeah, one. exactly. And so I thought, okay, well, it's normal that I would be nervous, you know, and, and, and to a degree, like, I feel like I should be nervous, you know, it's, um, this is not something that I, I take lightly, you know, it's something that I, it's a big deal to me. And, and, um, I do get nervous and I, it's weird, like even now, you know, doing this on like through live streaming, I feel like I'm even more nervous, Hmm. you know, just even though there's nobody in the room, um, but it's just, it's a different dynamic and maybe it's just because, don't really have any experience in that area. Um, but I'm, again, it just makes me that much more, man, I can't wait until like there's, we're back to normal Mm -hmm. and I'm feeling the nervousness that I'm used to feeling, you know, (laughs) and, um, that we can just all be together again, because it's something even, even communicating to a room full of people is different than communicating to like, just trying to make eye contact with a camera. And so, um, I don't know. I just, um, I, I love what I do. I love the opportunity to, um, be a part of that and, and help show people or help, you know, lead people in what responding to God looks like. Mm -hmm. And, um, remembering who he is and what he has done so we can move forward. Right. Yeah. And again, I'm just glad that people have the opportunity to hear you say those things. And, um, and I think that, like, like I said, I think people will stand in a worship service during the, the music. And I think even wonder like, does this guy get nervous every week? And <laughs> yes, cause you're up there every week and you are, I mean, you are very comfortable doing it because you have done it for so long. And, and I, it, it, to some degree, there's some routine to it, although you don't, you don't want to treat it like routine, like you're saying. It's it's important, but um, but I, I love I love giving people the opportunity here to to hear you guys talk about those things that that go through your minds each week. As we as we you know kind of wind this down and we talk about the challenges that we're all facing, what do you guys see? And Jeb, we'll start with you. What what are what are some positives that you see overall coming out of this on the other side you know when we when we get to go back to normal what are, what are some some advantages maybe that we can come out of this with so jesus had some good things to say about he uh, did have a couple he did you know i'm just gonna leave that there he had some <laughs> good things to say uh about uh old wine and old wine skins and new wine and new wine skins which he was drawing from you know, the agricultural realities of the, the gases and the compounds that leach out of wine and into these, um, these containers. And the reality is the world following this COVID-19 scenario is going to look very different. And the church as a whole and our church 
um, like schools and businesses have been forced to investigate and learn more and experience some different things. And as we come out of this, I think we're going to have an opportunity to take a new run at what we do and how we do it. Uh, the word essential has been thrown around a lot. Um, we do a lot of things. I think we're going to have an opportunity to evaluate why we do those things, why they're important, uh, how should we be doing them going forward. And that can be intimidating, um, but that can also be very exciting. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, um, that's going to be energizing for the church and for us as well as we come out of this. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Even for my own ministries, I've, I've felt the same optimism about, yeah, this is a good chance to, to step back and not only evaluate what's important and what's less, and not that we do, not that I think we do things that are unimportant, but what's less important, less essential, and also what what have I been forced to do and utilize now that will actually be good out on the other side of this too. So, Blake, what about you? Do you do you have thoughts on what'll be good on the other side of this that we can take from yeah, isolation? For me, you know, kind of like what I was saying earlier is, you know, there's a bit of relief. You know, and when we have plans in place, it's one thing for us to make our own changes. It's one thing for me to communicate with Jeff or Lance or somebody and say, hey, we're, we were going this direction, but now we're going to go this direction. But in this situation, everything is out of our control. Like all of these things happened mm -hmm. and there's nothing we could have done right. and there's nothing really we can do to just just go back to normal right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so we're in new territory, and so there's a little bit of relief in that because it's like some of the pressure's gone. You know, it's like I'm less likely to depend on myself and my own abilities and my own skills, and I feel like I'm more likely to lean on Christ because I'm at a place where, man, I, I everything I was doing is gone. Life has changed at, at my job, but also just in the way I think about things for our family. Um, our whole family routine, dynamic and routines have changed. And so it's there's really nothing we can rest on because we don't have necessarily a, a for sure end date to mm -hmm. this, you know? Right. And so it's like, I feel like it it helps us focus on what we really need to be resting in. And for me, going into an Easter service, I think what's been encouraging to me and kind of where I'm, I'm going now is, you know what, all of my plans were changed, but Sunday, well, starting Friday, people are going to um, have an opportunity to reflect. And then on Sunday, every, we're going to worship Jesus. Mm -hmm. And regardless of whether we do that in a huge room or, you know, in that room is full or whether we do that a live stream like Easter is Easter, mm -hmm. and that won't ever change. And sometimes for me, I, I think too much of like, well, what can I create? What can I do? What can I, how can I make this service special and something we've never done before? And the lights and, you know, like the environmental projection and all these things. And kind of like what Jeff was saying, we're hitting a reset button. And what I found out is like, those things really don't matter so much. And obviously like, should we still do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying we shouldn't do them. Um, I'm just saying that, uh, those things aren't, you know, when we think about the, just the magnitude of the gospel, mm -hmm. um, there doesn't, nothing needs to be added to what Christ did on the cross. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need to add to it by creating something. I'm not making it any more significant. 
like what he did is significant and that will always be enough. Right. And so for me, it's kind of like this, this is going to be different. This is going to be new, but there's a little bit of hope and excitement in it because it's like, you know, people are going to worship Jesus in their homes, whether they're by themselves or with their family. Mm -hmm. And that'll be, that'll be what we do, you know? And I think, and so as I've been thinking about this service, it's been like, well, how can we create ways for people to, you know, do that a little bit better? And so, you know, I was, we were out on a walk, um, our family a couple nights ago, and one of our uh, guitarists in our worship team was riding his bike and he, he came up next to me and he goes, Hey, six feet away, six feet away. Right. Yeah. Um, and he was like, man, I just want to tell you that that even though I can't be there on a Wednesday night and a Sunday morning, I want you to know that I've been pulling out my guitar every Sunday morning and have been playing these songs along with so you. Cool. And so it's like, like it's almost that that we are the worship leaders in our homes, you know. And so, how can we encourage that? And so, one of the things that 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 we're going to make available are chord charts to people, you know, That's cool. and, and just you know, if they want them, that way they can play along with us at home, you know. And so. Um, just thinking through it in a different way than I think we ever have. And I think it's, it's ultimately a good thing. Um, so, you know, your plans getting, you know, thrown out, is not always a bad deal, Mm -hmm. you know? Here's the great thing about Easter, as Blake was alluding to earlier. So many people in our community right now are sitting at home. Uh, if they're watching the news or if they're timidly peeking out their front door into the apocalypse, um, it's death and uncertainty. And for those of us who know Jesus, uh, Easter is life and assurance. And we get to carry that with us. And Easter has always been that. Easter will be that this year, and Easter will be that next year. Um, And what a fantastic opportunity to have that stability and show the effects of that uh, to the people that are our neighbors and in the community around us. For sure. And Blake, I know it'll be really encouraging for you to hear that I, too, pull out my guitar there you go. And I play, it's mostly just like old grunge rock, but I play as you worship. And uh, yeah, because you won't let me do it with you on well, Sunday morning. So. you know, we just need to get through the audition process, but, you know. Still working on it. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I think too, we talk about how hard it'll be. And then Jeff, with that reminder of how, how, how much Easter is still, it still is what it's always been this year. But looking ahead to next year, how interesting is it to think about when we gather next year in person that we'll actually be able to reflect back and go, there was a time, even just last year, when we couldn't do this, right? That we couldn't gather together for the celebration. And I mentioned this, I think, last week on the, the episode, but but I say to my students or I, in our you know Sunday morning when we when we pray to break out into our small groups and I'll pray, you know, uh, gratitude, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to gather together. And it sort of tends to get repetitive and even even praying thankfulness for that starts to almost feel like taking it for granted. You know, oh, we say this every week. But like, there's going to be a time when we're really genuinely going to be saying, I'm really thankful yeah. that we can gather together here because there was a time not too long ago when we couldn't do this. So there's some of that, I think, involved in all of this too. As we close, I've I've been asking our guests for maybe some of their personal uh, their personal thoughts and recommendations for some of these things. 
you know, I, I asked, I've asked what uh, favorite resources there are for for maybe studying the Bible specifically, but even for you guys um, and your approaches to worship or accessing information specifically online, but but elsewhere, what are your favorite resources for for just I think just church in general, um, or could be you know studying the Bible. Yeah, so for reading the Bible, one that I've kind of discovered over the past year or so has been a reader's edition Bible. You can find these in a number of translations, and basically they're going to take out all of the uh, paragraph breaks mm-hmm. and chapter and verse numbers and things that um, translators and, and others have put in over the course of the centuries uh, since the Scripture was written, and leave you with something that um, looks and reads more like uh, a book that you might have on your nightstand. Mm-hmm. And so you know how long you read a book that's on your nightstand. You read it until you're just about to fall asleep. Um, and it keeps you from some of these artificial things that might that might structure the way you read Scripture. And so it's not great for study because sometimes right. you have no idea where you are for in sure. the course of a book, um, but it's really great for reading. And so I found that to be good. Do you have a particular one that you're especially fond of? Um, you know, one thing I like about the ESV is that they've got so many translations and so many... I'm sorry, not translations, so many different uh, formats uh-huh. in so many different physical shapes and sizes mm-hmm. as well. And so you can you can pick up a, an ESV Reader's Bible pretty affordably yeah. or pretty expensively, you know, depending mm-hmm. on what you want out of it. Um, they've, they've got some really great ones available. Yeah, I've got the ES... I've got a version of the ESV, and then I've got Biblioteca right here on my table mm-hmm. next to Blake. Uh, and that's a that's like a broken down into four books, four four volumes basically. The I know the ESV one is a little more like compact, and so yeah. it's a little easier to to have on a shelf or whatever. But and then some books that I think people might find interesting. Um, From the Garden to the City is mm-hmm. by John Dyer. He's a Dallas Seminary guy, and he talks about technology and how it shapes us oh, that's really and cool. our community and our our faith as well. And so that's going to be particularly relevant right now. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is The Art of Neighboring by Jay Paddock and Dave Runyon. Um, when this curtain gets lifted, even if we're not yet gathering in large crowds, we're going to find ourselves having some conversations with our neighbors. And he lays out sort of a nine-square grid like a tic-tac-toe board of knowing the people that live in front of and mm-hmm. beside you and diagonally across the street from you and why that's important in building yeah. that community. And then finally, uh, Retro Christianity is by Michael Spiegel. He's another Dallas guy. And he really cuts to the core of the New Testament church and early faith practice and what that looked like, which obviously is going to be somewhat of a foundation and a guide for us as we come out of this and start looking at what's important. That's cool. Awesome. Blake, what about you? Yeah, for me, um, uh, you know, I like taking notes. And so um, what I got recently was uh, an ESV Bible that has the little margins out on the side so you can take notes. And, mm-hmm. and so honestly, that's been super helpful for me because as I'm working through something, I can underline and highlight mm-hmm. and, and write kind of my response in that moment. And yeah. it's there, you know, I don't, and when I go back to it, I can read about it, you know, and, yeah. and kind of catch myself up, you know, as, as I'm, as I'm going through, because I, I, I'm the kind of, I need a lot of reminders. Um, and so doing something like that has really helped me out you know, and how I study scripture and how I, you know, apply it to, to every day. Um, and you know, with that, I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, and you talked about it a couple weeks ago is, uh, Dr. Constable's Mm -hmm. notes. And so like, you know, I I type 
in my browser, I just type DR and the rest of it, I just hit enter after yeah, that, you know, and, it, yeah. yeah, it auto fills it. So, um, that's a really good resource. You know, he's, he's done the work on every book and it's just a really good resource that you can pull up online wherever you're at. Um, and just kind of get his take on, on, you know, if you want an explanation of something, um, he's really good. Um, it, it doing that. So I've, I've gotten a lot of use out of that. I have a, another app on my phone called blue letter Bible. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, mentioned that, yeah that just, I can look up certain words and right. find out like what the, you know, what, what the definition is, but also you can see where and other passages they were used and how they were used. And so that's been really helpful just as I've, you know, taken some time to work through that. Um, as far as like worship, I, you know, the main book that comes to mind is The Wonder of Worship by Ron Allen. Um, Who comes to Grace Church. Yeah, Ron Allen has been a here. guest speaker here for years. And um, uh, anyway, like, he wrote a book called The Wonder of Worship. And I think, so he writes half of it. And then his son, who's a worship pastor, writes the other half, I think. Um, and I remember, I got that book very early on. And I remember reading that thinking, okay, I'm going to go into this and it's going to make my me so much better at my job. You know what I mean? But after reading it, it was it wasn't so much that. It was like, wow, this is this is more than my job. This this is a lifestyle. Um and so anybody who wants to know more about worship and what it what it is, what it looks like, you know, that is such a good resource. Um, to read and um, he breaks it down a lot in a lot of helpful ways and so um, uh, that's been a really good one for me nice yeah awesome yeah I don't I, I've, I've kind of doing this every week I'd, I'm not gonna have as many recommendations like a, a recommendation every week uh, I'm not that fast of a reader but I will say uh, just to offer up one more to, to go along with these a book that I use a lot in reference and and it's been real helpful for me is it's a book that you and I Blake went through with Tom before he passed away or we were going oh, the through the defensive it. a defensive free, free yeah. grace theology that's great yeah. and uh, and it's a book that I think a lot of us here on staff have on our shelves and use as reference and it it's uh, it's not a sit down and read it from cover to cover or like you're saying with the reader Bible Jeff where you you have it on your nightstand and you read a little bit every night and so on. Uh, it, it, but it's good for reference, and it's and it addresses some specific passages. If you go to the table of contents, you can kind of see the different passages that it will kind of tackle, and all these different uh, these different authors, many of whom teach at Grace School of Theology, where where a couple of us are attending now, um, and they address those those topics. So um, so that's really helpful, especially you know for people who go to Grace Church and want to know more about our doctrine and and our theological stance on different passages and different topics. It's really helpful. Um, so uh, defensive free grace theology. Well, thank you guys for coming on here. Thank you. And this is a busy week for both of you. And so I'm grateful that you are, had some time in your busy Easter week to, to step aside and, and record this podcast. Uh, thankful that the, the people of grace church who listen to this get to hear from you guys a little bit more. So Thanks again. Appreciate yeah. you guys being here. Thanks, Nolan. Thanks, Good to Nolan. Be here.